Welcome back to another episode of the Hecklers and Hot Takes podcast. This is your host, Brian Clinton. I am here to recap a crazy Big 12 weekend of college football. Week 7 was awesome as it has been pretty much all season. The Big 12 has just been fun to watch. And we're just we're just going to get right into it here. Baylor and West Virginia kick off the week on Thursday. Fantastic game, back and forth. Uh, West Virginia was undefeated against the Baylor Bears at home coming into the contest, and it stayed that way. West Virginia gets the win 43-40. to They they had a couple of plays throughout the contest that really separated them from Baylor. The first being a strip sack of, of Blake Shapin, who was knocked out of the game. Uh, Baylor's offense really struggled after that point. But, but West Virginia uh, gets a strip sack of, of Shapin, returns it for a touchdown. And then they also had a, a blocked extra point in which West Virginia uh, returned for two points. Uh, Dante Steeles gets the gets the block, and and uh, West Virginia defender returns it all the way for two points. Ends up being a three point swing, and consequently the the difference in the game uh, with a forty three to forty victory there for West Virginia. Huge win for the Mountaineers as they get to one and two in the Big Twelve. We'll see if they can get to two and two in the Big Twelve this week as they take on Texas Tech. In Lubbock, uh, totally different challenge there, uh, as I really like what I've seen from Joe McGuire's group at this point, especially with Baron Morton under under center. So should be a fun one this week for West Virginia. <clears throat> Oklahoma hosts Kansas this weekend, um, and a must-win game for the Sooners. Really needed to get this win. Uh, Dylan Gabriel returns and brings the Oklahoma offense back with him. Goes 29 to 42 for 403 yards and two touchdowns in the Sooners 52 to 42 win over Kansas. I really really liked what I saw from the Oklahoma offense. The offensive line was particularly impressive. They just opened up holes all game long and you saw the Sooners really have good pass protection. I think Dylan Gabriel only took one sack on the day. Uh, it was really a good performance from them overall against a Kansas defense that, quite frankly, has been pretty good against folks. Um, they held Iowa State to 11 points, and uh, they they held TCU to 38, which, you know, given how good the TCU offense has been, um, that, that in and of itself was given, given enough Kansas to win. Um, and I, I don't really like – I'm just going to come out and say it. I don't really like the narrative that – Kansas would have won either of the last two games if Jalen Daniels is healthy. The problem the last two weeks has not been the offense. Kansas has scored plenty of points and enough to win, no doubt. I mean, 42 points in a loss is not something you want to see for the Jayhawks. Um, they, they did they they did pretty much what they wanted to uh, for for stretches in this game. Oklahoma did have some. Uh, they forced a couple of turnovers. They had a, a stretch where they had, you know, several stops back to back. But but Kansas still put 42 points on the board, and they had a chance to win this game. But their defense couldn't contain Oklahoma whatsoever. Eric Gray had 20 carries for 176 yards and two touchdowns. The Sooners had two uh, pass catchers go over 100 yards on the on the day, and Oklahoma racked up 701 yards offense. That's just, I mean, that's just not a winning combination if you're if you're Kansas so they're gonna have to get some things figured out defensively uh, they have Baylor this week so uh, things don't get much easier Baylor's about as good as in the trenches as anybody is in the Big 12 so Kansas is gonna have to get things figured out on the fly they are in Waco as well so 
Uh, look for, for Kansas to try and get back on track this week. They are 5-2. and two. They're still 1-1 one, one away from bowl eligibility, which would be a huge deal for, for the program. So uh, looking forward to see what Kansas can do this week. Oklahoma State and TCU. This was outside of – I could hear the argument for uh, the Alabama-Tennessee game or potentially the USC-Utah game. This game is right up there with them. Oklahoma State and TCU was a fantastic football game. Um, it goes to double overtime, and TCU ends up just edging out the Cowboys, forty-three to forty. Interestingly, the same exact score West Virginia and Baylor had on Thursday. TCU really separated themselves in this game for me as a Big Twelve contender. Because I'll be completely honest, I I saw Oklahoma State coming into this game and uh, kind of controlling things and pulling away from TCU, that's not what happened. TCU stayed within striking distance. They they never let things get too far. They were down 24 to 13 at halftime, and they scored 17 points in, in uh, regulation in second half. Uh, they scored 17 points and held Oklahoma State to just six points in the third and fourth quarter. So um, they did what they needed to at halftime, made some adjustments, and they get the win. Max Duggan goes 23 of 40 for 286 and two scores. The impressive performance in this game for me was Quentin Johnson. This is back-to-back weeks where he just absolutely went off. This week it was eight receptions for 180 yards and a touchdown. He burnt Oklahoma State's back seven. Their their defensive backs just had no answer for him. And he, I mean, he's an NFL wide receiver. He's 6'4", 220 pounds. He's going to be a guy that's making plays on Sundays and, uh, you know, with an Oklahoma State defense that's been struggling in the back end, he had his way, and, you know, really that was the difference for me in the game. He he and uh, Kendra Miller really did whatever they wanted to um, down the stretch, and it, and it made things difficult for Oklahoma State's defense. So uh, Cowboys will have to try and pick themselves up this week against Texas. Uh, that should be a really fun game in Stillwater. Uh, and speaking of the Longhorns, they're coming off of a close win uh, against Iowa State. This game, 16 and a half points was too much to begin with. Like that, that's ridiculous that it ever got that high. I, I, I can't believe that that was the spread in this game. Iowa State has played people close for years. And, you know, I was having a tough time seeing it get to 14. I kind of let Vegas, uh, mess with me a little bit on my, on my preview at, at heartlandcollegesports.com for this game. And I, I really, I saw Texas kind of pulling away in this one, and it, it just never happened. Uh, Iowa State stayed in the game, and they just kept things close. Quinn Ewers was terrific in this game. Um, no mistakes, really, from the young. From the young, and he went uh, seventeen of twenty-six for one seventy-two and three touchdowns. He took what the defense was giving him, and that's what you have to do uh, against John Hecox three-three-five. And and he really did a good job. He settled in. They were held scoreless in the first quarter. Uh, comes out and puts up two touchdowns on the board in the third and the second quarter, uh, and then a and then a clutch touchdown uh, to end the game um, in the in the in the final quarter. There, Xavier Hutchinson had ten receptions, one hundred and fifty four yards. He almost had a huge walk in winning touchdown at the end of the game. He just couldn't hang on to it. It, it was it was storybook. I mean, it was textbook. It was right there. He should have had it. He wasn't able to haul it in. Uh, you know that ends up being the difference in the game, and 
it really hurts for Iowa State as they fall to 0-4 in Big 12 play. Uh, they have a bye week this week, and then following that, they will take on Oklahoma in Ames. Um, so should be a decent matchup there. See what teams, uh, which team can come out on top there. And let's kind of just jump around nationally here. You have to talk about the Alabama-Tennessee game, right? I mean, it was fantastic. Uh, Tennessee, finally, they snap a 15-year losing streak to Alabama. They get to smoke the cigars post-game. 52-49 to is the final there. Tennessee, 6-0. and They are now ranked third in the AP poll. This is a huge deal for Josh Heupel in his in his second year for the, with the Vols and I mean what what do you what do you say about the volunteers uh performance here I mean it was fantastic they they did pretty much whatever they wanted to offensively Jalen Hyatt has five count them five touchdowns on just six receptions six receptions he goes over 200 yards Jameer Gibbs was the highlight for for Alabama's offense he had 24 carries for 103 yards and three scores this was just a shootout of epic proportions, and and I'm not I'm not one to sit here and tell you that these two defenses are bad. I mean, obviously you look at the score and you say no defense was played. These are two good teams on both sides of the ball, and you just saw Tennessee finally take the step that they needed to to supplant the the Crimson Tide and really become one of these powers in the in the SEC. And this was a huge game for Tennessee because. They can now go and lose to, uh, you know, I'm not saying that they're going to lose. They have the ability to go and lose to Georgia down the road and still be in the national title hunt. That win is that big. This is a huge win for Tennessee, huge win for the program. And Alabama's not done. I mean, let's not be naive here. Nick Saban will find a way to get this team rallied around. They have – as much, if not more, talent than anybody in the country. I have no doubt that we will be hearing about Alabama in a few weeks again towards the top. They only fell to sixth in the AP poll, if that tells you anything. So you can really expect them to be still right in the mix of things. Number 10, Penn State goes on the road to Michigan in the big house. Didn't go well for the Nittany Lions. 41-17 to is the final there. And Michigan just continues to roll. They they have – They've been just as impressive as anybody on the ground. Uh, they're racking up rushing yards like nobody's business. Blake Corum already has 901 yards rushing and 13 touchdowns, and they've only played seven games. So, you know, you're really watching a team that is just doing whatever they want on the ground, and and people have to, you know, they just got to deal with it. And Michigan's doing all that it can to make a run again at a Big Ten title. They've got Michigan State coming up, Rutgers, Nebraska, and then they've got a they've got a tricky end of the schedule. They've got number eighteen Illinois, who is six and zero themselves, and you have the number two Ohio State Buckeyes that is in the horseshoe to finish the season in uh, in November. There, definitely a big game, and I really think that Michigan has proven that it has staying power um, in the national conversation. So. Really, really excited to see where Michigan can take things. You've just got to love all all of this. This is great football that's being played across the country. And and another game, this was the final game of the weekend for me. Uh, I couldn't stay up much longer after watching Utah and USC go at it. Um, Really, really awesome 
game and and part of it was the was the atmosphere uh, a couple of players in recent years for Utah uh, have had you know tragic uh, life ending situations where um you know teammates they lost a couple of teammates and, and so they they had some hand painted uh helmets that had a portrait of of both of these guys and really just an emotional game for for Utah and the fan base was was just amazing in this game it was loud and they did enough they did just enough to get past US USC they take down the Trojans 43 to 42 that gives USC their first loss of the season and you know this this matchup could be you know you could be seeing this matchup again in the Pac-12 championship they don't have divisions in the Pac-12 anymore it's just the top two teams so it'll be interesting to see if those two teams meet up again this was an awesome game and and Utah's physicality really did give USC some issues and they they were able to uh, really take advantage uh, of some linebackers for USC uh, tight end Dalton Kincaid had an absolutely monstrous night he has 16 receptions for 234 yards one touchdown and anytime US or Utah rather needed to convert, he was there. He was able to do it. Uh, he was the guy, and they went to him, and it, it really was the difference in the game. He was uncoverable in this game, and Utah gets a huge win that moves into three and one in Pac-12 play, and uh, they are right in the thick of things for the Pac-12 championship at the end of the year. UCLA and Oregon are both three and zero in conference play right now. But there are plenty of games to come up here, and uh, you you have Oregon playing Utah towards the end of the season, and, and of course UCLA beat Utah last week um, in in Los Angeles. So <clears throat> the Pac-12 is wide open, as is most of the conferences, as are most of the conferences uh, right now. Just kind of running down the list here: number fifteen, NC State, without. Uh, their starting quarterback goes down to Syracuse. Uh, 24-9 is the final there. Kentucky takes down Mississippi State in an upset 27-17. And Illinois, who is now 6-1 on the season, is they took down Minnesota 26-14. As we kind of wrap things up here, I, I just want to go down who I think is, is the top dog in the Big 12. And we'll just kind of give our my – my updated Big 12 power rankings here. And I think it all starts right now with TCU. It's kind of hard to argue anybody else but the Horn Frogs. They're 6-0. and They're perfect in conference play. You can't really um, argue that. But then there's kind of like this um, this group of teams for me at, at the two spot. And you could put Oklahoma State there. You could put Texas there. You could put Kansas State there. Um, I think right now, I'm going to roll with the Texas Longhorns at two, and here's why. I think that with Quinn Ewers under center, the Texas Longhorns have the potential to run the table. And it's kind of a long shot at this point, but if they can get to an 11-2 and win the Big 12 championship, I could see them making a college football playoff. I know there hasn't been a two-loss team make the college football playoff, but hear me out. Quinn Ewers makes this team different. They only lost Alabama by one point. If we have some other conference championships go away, 
of, of two win teams. It's been a crazy year thus far. I don't want to write Texas off, so I'm going to give them the two spot behind behind TCU. Oklahoma State is number three for me right now. There's some concerns right now about Spencer Sanders' health. Um, I, I really don't know how serious those are, but it's definitely going to be something to keep an eye on because if he's not 100%, they are in – I mean, they're in as much trouble as if Oklahoma loses Dylan Gabriel. Uh, you've got Gunnar Gundy is the backup there, and while I do think that he is capable – of of making some noise, he has some some athletic ability. He is definitely a, a talented quarterback, but he's a freshman. He hasn't played any meaningful football, and you really like the experience that Spencer Sanders brings to that Oklahoma State offense. They need him as much as anybody does in the country, and I think that um, if if Oklahoma State can find a way to keep him healthy or get him back to close to one hundred percent, Oklahoma State will be just fine. Uh, four for me right now is Kansas State. And as I said, two through four here is really close. Uh, Kansas State, they're coming off of a bye week, and they have a huge opportunity this week. They're taking on TCU in Fort Worth. And if Adrian Martinez can keep things rolling, if they can find a way to take down TCU, they have every right to jump to number one in the power rankings. I mean, that those four teams, TCU, Texas, Oklahoma State, and Kansas State, right now are – the cream of the crop for the Big 12. I think that one of those four teams is going to win the conference, and I think that those four teams all have an outside shot of of uh, making the college football playoff. TCU obviously controls its own destiny. If they can find a way to win out, they are in regardless. Um, so, so those are my top four. I have Baylor at five at the moment. Um, I think the Bears are – the Bears are capable of climbing back into the Big 12 race. I just don't know if they will. I've, for me, for me I've, I've seen enough from Blake Shapin. He's going to have to make some huge improvements over the last five weeks of the season uh, if they're going to crawl back into this thing. And I, and I just don't know if he's capable of that, given the skill talent around him. Uh, Baylor's kind of lacking in that department right now. They haven't had some guys that really step up to replace the production that they lost. They do have some good play in the trenches. Obviously there's experience as anybody in the country there, but, but Baylor really struggles uh, to, to have some skilled talent right now. And, and I think that unless they can find somebody all of a sudden, uh, Baylor's going to kind of struggle to climb back into the race. Oklahoma's at six for me and they got a good win over a good Kansas team this week. I think that Oklahoma's offense is good enough to keep it in games. As long as Dylan Gabriel stays healthy um, if the defense can just find a way to be competent, I think that they are a much better team than we saw against TCU in Texas. I think that the uh, the loss of Dylan Gabriel cannot be understated in those games. I think Oklahoma is capable of uh, making a run here at the end. I don't think that they are going to make it into the Big 12 championship. You know, three losses in conference play to start off is just too much to overcome. I don't see them crawling back into that, but I, I could see them making a respectable bowl game. Um, and really finishing out year one to bring Venable strong and, and heading into year two with some momentum. So uh, I've got Oklahoma at six. Kansas is at seven for me. They were neck and neck with Oklahoma. I think that, you know, like I said earlier, I think that Jason Bean is, is plenty good enough to keep them in this game or in this uh, race. I think the issue is Kansas is, is having some issues on defense. And I think that Oklahoma really um, just took what it saw from TCU and, uh, from Duke and, and other teams that had some success against them offensively and really just tuned it up a couple of notches. 
and they they did whatever they wanted against Kansas. And when you put that on film, it's really hard to hide that again. And I just think Kansas is going to have a tough time adjusting to that. Now, they obviously they can score points with anybody right now. So I do see them finding a way uh, to win a few more games this year, but uh, they're going to have to make some wholesale changes defensively to get that done. Texas Tech is eight for me. Um, Baron Morton is kind of a wild card. I mean, that guy is not something that I kind of saw. He's just not who I envisioned uh, would be the starter there. Halfway through the season, I kind of thought Donovan Smith was going to take things, take the reins, and really run with it. And it turns out Baron Morton is a guy that, I mean, as Mike Gundy said, he's here for – he's only a freshman, so uh, he's got a few more years, and that's not good news for the rest of the Big 12. Uh, Texas Tech has their their guy for their future, and and I really would be surprised if if, uh, if the redshirt freshman doesn't kind of start tearing some things up here down the stretch for Texas Tech. West Virginia's nine for me. Um, I know that they beat I beat Baylor. I know that they uh, they they got a huge win, but I just I don't know how much of that was really West Virginia being better than Baylor versus West Virginia just kind of catching a break or two at home. Uh, I think that West Virginia is going to struggle uh, to stack wins up here uh, down the stretch the last five games of the year, and I and I really just I don't see I don't see an avenue for West Virginia to get more than six or seven wins on the year. Uh, it's that I think that's their ceiling right now. Uh, JT Daniels is playing well enough. Uh, he's done enough to to keep them in it. But I think West Virginia is kind of like a few other teams in the conference. Uh, they just haven't been able to stop people consistently, and that's going to be that's going to be the issue moving forward. And then Iowa State. They're the only team in the conference that's 0-4. There's not really a whole lot of explanation there. I think Iowa State's good enough to beat anybody in this conference um, on the given day. But but right now, Iowa State's at 10 for me, and uh, that, that kind of concludes where we're at. So we've got TCU at 1, Texas at 2, Oklahoma State at 3, Kansas State at 4, Baylor at 5, Oklahoma at 6, Kansas at 7, Texas Tech at 8, West Virginia 9, and Iowa State 10. So that is going to wrap it up for us. I appreciate you guys listening in. Uh, make sure to give us a follow on Twitter, on Facebook, and Instagram. And and uh, we're trying to, to put out some good content for you guys. Uh, be sure to check out our previews uh, on on Wednesdays and or Thursdays. And then we try to get our uh, recaps posted Sunday night. This one's going to go out uh, on Monday. So uh, just make sure you tune in for us on Wednesday. We will be just getting back from the Big 12 media days in Kansas City for basketball. I know it's still football season, uh, but but the job beckons, and, and we've got to go and do that. Uh, I am excited about the college basketball season and see what's coming up, but but uh, there's a lot of football left, so don't, don't turn the clock too much there. Uh, appreciate you guys listening in. Stay classy, Big 12 country.